0: Welcome to Baking and Snack Audio, showcasing the best stories from this month's issue. To read the text version of this article, visit the link in the description or go to www.bakingbusiness.com. Defining a New Vision COVID-19 Reshapes the Snack Market as People Focus on Price, Taste, and Health. By Nico Rustler. Moving into the second half of 2020 and beyond, everything will be different. Coronavirus, COVID-19, has impacted almost every global market. For consumer trends, there's now a pre and post pandemic caveat with March as the turning point, especially when it comes to snacking. Overall, recent data from IRI indicates that snacks are no longer assigned to a specific day part and consumers have been increasing their snacking occasions. On the average, U.S. consumers are eating 2.6 snacks a day, with 42% reporting they consume more than three per day. Additionally, 44% of consumers said they often ate snacks instead of meals at home and work. That was pre-COVID. Post-COVID, those numbers point to a big opportunity. Sally Lyons-Wyatt, executive vice president and practice leader, Client Insights for IRI, said snack companies need to act now to capitalize on the potential growth in the category. All coronavirus has done is made the trends that were already redefining snacking even more important, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt said. The market was seeing strong growth going into the pandemic. IRI research indicated core items like salty snacks, showed 4.7% dollar growth in the 52 weeks ending June 16, 2019, and ended the year with more than $19.2 billion in sales. Ms. Lyons-Wyatt recommended that snack companies balance price with quality and wellness attributes to capitalize on growing interest during and after the coronavirus epidemic. She also advised leveraging targeted media to reach consumers in their homes and develop online strategies to attract and retain snack consumers. Learning from the past. One of the best ways to predict the future is to look at the past. While nothing quite compares to COVID-19, there are clues that can be gleaned from previous periods of economic hardship. Ms. Lyons-Wyatt noted the data recorded during and after the 2008 recession can provide context for today. IRI's State of the Snack Industry Report in 2009 emphasized that value was key and that snack companies needed to reach consumers at home. Back then, the advice was to align strategies with new consumer rituals. These are relevant again, so deepen your connections with consumers now, she said. Ms. Lyons-Wyatt identified three critical factors that snack producers must consider, just as they did more than a decade ago. The first is price. IRI data shows that in 2019, 72% of survey respondents, an increase of 4% over two years, said they look at price before choosing a snack. Research from Nielsen supports this theory. A survey from 2019 showed that 75% of U.S. respondents said they believe it's important to always get the best price on a product. And one third will prioritize price when it comes to what they consume over the next five years. And that was before COVID 19. The next critical factor, Ms. Lyons Wyatt said, is broad family appeal. Together with price, this was a major driver for consumers during the recession. In 2009, when I talked to consumers, Price, along with broad appeal to more people in the household, had 81% of shoppers citing that these were important considerations when determining the affordability of a product, she explained. The third is taste, and it can't be ignored either. You can have a product priced right, but if it doesn't taste good, then the repeat purchase won't happen, Miss Lyons-Wyatt warned. Too many products on the market today fit the needs of consumers and also taste good, so the bar is high for taste. Channeling growth during COVID-19 The final weeks of February and the entire month of March saw a dramatic swing in the market as consumers flocked to stores and stocked up on essentials. According to Nielsen data from the week ending February 22nd, two of the highest-performing consumer packaged foods were fruit snacks and pretzels, which saw 12.6% and 9% growth in dollar sales, respectively. In a March interview with CNBC, Mark Klaus, Chief Executive Officer, Campbell Soup Company, Camden, New Jersey, said sales of goldfish climbed more than 20% in the four-week period ending March 21st. As you have more people eating in-home, including lunches where a lot of our products play a very important role, You're seeing the sustainment of that demand now over time, and it's not isolated to any particular part of the country and even across our entire portfolio, he said. Mr. Klaus emphasized that the strategy now is to produce and distribute food safely and quickly. That is the priority today as we focus on the things that I think matter most, he said. But what I will say is as we look forward and we start to understand what the world might look like beyond this crisis, or even if it's sustained over a period of time, I do think that we'll find our products have been utilized in homes in ways they may not have been in the past. IRI data shows that there was a consistent growth across the board for core snack products during the month of March. To calculate the increase, IRI subtracted the 2019 volume sales change from the sales data collected from January 20th to March 15th. The results showed that potato chips saw a 4.5% bump in volume sales. Tortilla chips increased 5% in volume sales. Crackers rose 12.3% and snack nuts jumped 4%. And although core snack sales rose 3% in 2019 versus 2018, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt attributed most of that growth to price increases because volume sales were down 0.3% in 2019. The top performers last year were tortilla chips, which grew 4.7%, other salted snacks up 7%, and potato chips, up 2.4% in dollar sales. But things may change in today's morphing landscape. It will be important to continue driving unit growth during post-COVID because we can't rely on price increases as we did before, she said. Ms. Lyons-Wyatt predicted that snacking will see increased sales through the COVID-19 recovery and into the recession period. She said snack companies may lose traditional impulse purchases because more people are ordering online and avoiding stores. She said they also may switch to private label snacks because of their value proposition. She advised snack companies to make brands more available online and communicate the shift to consumers. Tom Rees, Food and Nutrition Industry Manager at Euromonitor International, said focusing on the e-commerce channel for growth in 2020 will be key. Targeting consumers who have experienced the advantages of e-commerce during the outbreak will allow producers to push a greater diversity of snack options and more indulgent lines than store-based outlets, Accelerating momentum in this channel, which has so far shown moderate growth, Mr. Reese said. Even with an increase in online purchasing, Ms. Lyons Wyatt said snack companies should determine which channel is best for them. That's because mass market stores, value stores, and club stores should also see a continued boost in sales through COVID 19. Already in the United States, Core snack sales in mass merchandisers grew 3.3% between January and March, while snack sales in club stores grew 10.5%. Ms. Lyons Wyatt said these channels will be big drivers of growth because of their value propositions. Focusing on Innovation Snack companies are taking the momentum from 2019 into the future and that means they are innovating to penetrate different snacking opportunities. One of the biggest trends is toward breakfast snacks. One recent example is the Smart Tart from Smart Company, Los Angeles. The two pack of breakfast pastries includes 16 grams of protein and four grams of fiber. The snacks offer individualization because they don't come frosted. Instead, the company suggests a variety of toppings, including peanut butter, chocolate hazelnut spread, or even Greek yogurt. Innovations in form, ingredients, and flavors drove categories like breakfast snacks to positive dollar sales and volume growth in 2019, and refrigerated snacks are following suit thanks to their fresh perception, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt said. The opportunity exists around complete snacking. In this healthy halo that refrigeration has, it was in both core and expanded snacks, she said. One example is the Organic Overnight Oat Bar from Core Foods, Los Angeles. Available in six flavors, coconut cashew mango, dark chocolate cherry, lemon poppy seed, peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter, and blueberry banana, the snacks offer the health benefits of overnight oats in a bar form. They contain no sugar or preservatives, and they combine probiotics with prebiotics to enhance gut health. They last in a refrigerator for about one week. While the oat bars clearly target consumers focused on wellness, other indulgent snacks are experiencing some of the highest dollar sales growth totals, according to IRI. Frito-Lay, Plano, Texas, recently launched Cheetos Popcorn to take its famous flavors into a new snack category. The ready-to-eat popcorn is available in cheddar and Flamin' Hot flavors. We've seen the way Cheetos lovers don their red and orange dusted fingers like a badge of honor, and we're always looking for ways to help them step up their snacking game, said Brandy Ray, Senior Director of Marketing, Frito-Lay North America. The only way to truly take popcorn to the next level is to add the iconic Cheetle, the cheesy dust that will entice Cheetos fans to snack on this popcorn all year long. According to IRI, Indulgent snacks saw a 27% increase in dollar sales between January and March. The wellness category saw a 28% increase, and permissible indulgences grew 25%. Ms. Lyons Wyatt said balance is the key to success for snack makers in this new world. Spelling it out Targeting specific consumers who crave indulgent comfort, wellness, or permissible indulgence means putting their needs first. Each of these categories experienced growth from different segments of the population. Some product lines are versatile and can offer one product per segment. For example, someone craving indulgence might go right for the original Cheetos, while someone watching what they eat might go for the Simply Cheetos Crunchy, which offers fewer calories and is more of a permissible indulgence. The key, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt said, is putting specifics on packaging to attract the right consumer. Putting grams on the front of the package and touting that has really resonated with consumers, she said. Label claims, like gluten-free, non-GMO, and organic, are still in vogue, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt added. The number of products advertising these claims has steadily risen over the past five years. But the overall wellness category has also posted increased dollar sales. The fact that those claims are growing says a lot about the fact that they're still resonating, she said. However, that growth is matched by indulgent snacks. Consumers love their snacks, Miss Lyons-Wyatt said, and their snacks are fitting different roles. And some of the roles are for clean and transparent and minimal ingredients and meeting different needs. And some are just because it's the snack they love, and they don't care. They just enjoy it. And all of them are winning. One relatively new category of label claims is energy. Success stories include the Be Bold Energy Bar from Be Bold, Westwood, Massachusetts, and the Cliff Coffee Bar line from Cliff Bar & Company, Emeryville, California. Be Bold was founded by pita-chip pioneer Stacy Madison Who founded Stacy's Pita Chip Company. The refrigerated energy bars feature almond butter or peanut butter, oats, dairy-free chocolate chips, wildflower honey, chia seeds, Brazil nuts, walnuts, and dark maple syrup. The bars also pack in seven grams of protein. Cliff Coffee Bars add caffeine to the mix as they are inspired by coffee house favorites and crafted with sustainably sourced organic coffee beans from Colombia. New varieties include vanilla almond latte, caramel macchiato, and dark chocolate mocha. IRI data from 2019 shows that diet frenzies shape the market as half the consumers in each age group are looking for calorie, sugar, or fat-free claims on front of the package. Keto claims were up 2.1%. Low sugar claims increased 2.3%, and plant-based claims rose 15.2% in 2019. Although there are many consumers out there looking for clean label or free from statements on the pack, not all consumers are focused on that, Ms. Lyons-Wyatt said. And even those who are focused on it may not be concerned with it on every snacking occasion. So it's important to understand different consumer segments different demand spaces, and different need states in order to understand which product types and categories in which these claims are most relevant. If you can understand this relative to your consumer base, you can target your efforts accordingly. Despite the uncertainty ahead, snack producers can leverage the insights from 2019 and the COVID-19 pandemic to see which trends have staying power and which ones will fade. No matter who the consumer is, Snacking's relevance remains crystal clear in today's environment.